Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit. Save the Lord. Tell it like it is show. Pastor Bob, good to have you with us tonight. We are um, 
broadcasting live, of course, from the studios of KDIX Dickinson, North Dakota, and we are coming out also live on KDIX's website and the um, Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. You can text me tonight and be part of this program, 701-290-7862, or you can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. We have uh, Pastor Schuler from Grafton listening to t- tonight. We have the Torres family from Fargo listening. We've got uh, Stormy from the Philippines listening tonight. We've got uh, One-Armed Dave listening from Fargo. And we've got Lori from South Hart and uh, Becky, or Belfield Becky listening tonight so far. And uh, and so we've got uh, already some people let me know that they're tuning in. Again, this is Pastor Bob Simons, the New Life Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota. Our church address is 501 Elks Drive, and we're excited to say that. We've been in that Elks building for a year now. We bought that a year ago, and we're just really excited about what God is doing in our church, and we have got some really neat things going on. Our, our church is uh, excited. There are people, we just, a bunch of our teenagers came home from a youth retreat, all fired up for God, plus a lot of the adults are praying and fasting and just so many good things, and um, I'm believing God for miraculous events at our church, and in fact, that those are happening, and if they're not those kind of things are not happening at your church. I want you to. I want to encourage you to come and visit us. Of course, if you're in our area, if you're not in our area, try to get a hold of me. I'll try to get you to a good Pentecostal church close by where you are. Uh, oh, all kinds of people texting me tonight. We have got some Burlings listening. Where are they at? Our Park Park River is that right? Park Rapids. Is it, what's that? No, not those Burlings. The other Burlings. Park River. Is that right? Okay, because we've got hey, we've got who, who do we got in the studio here? We got we got Stephen and Sierra in the studio. They're here. Um, just they they're listeners of our program from Arkansas, and they're up visiting. And they came into the studio today. Stephen said he wanted to do the program, so we'll probably have to turn this over to him in a minute. Well, I guess not. And Sierra's Sierra's not going to sing either. Maybe not. Hey, we got somebody listening in Morgantown, Kentucky, listening on HGR two. So Paisley's listening. Cool. We've got so a lot of people that are listening tonight. And again, you can text me, 701-290-7862. If you're listening and you were in our church service today, it's going to be similar. I'm going to talk about the topic's going to be very similar, if not exactly the same, but maybe not. Never is on the radio. Actually, it usually gets better on the radio, just because on the radio, I don't make fun of people. Where in church, I do. And... (laughs) And so, and then on the radio, I've had the time to think all day long if I do the same thing. Tonight, I want to talk about um, footprints in the sand. That's what I want to talk about. But it's not, I'm going to mess up your story, okay? Is that all right? Footprints in the sand. It's not going to be the same story you've heard. It's not going to be the same picture you saw. It's going to be completely different than that. And we're going to start out with... Second Chronicles 15, verses 1 and 2. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa, and he said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you, while ye be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So this, this uh, prophet went out to meet King Asa in Second Chronicles. And he told him, and King Asa was a was a very interesting king. Had 
uh, lived for a great period of his life doing what was good. He went bad, uh, came back. Uh, there's just a lot to King Asa. But this this prophet said, the Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. The premise of our program tonight is that uh, God wants to be on our side, but we have to make that decision. We, ha- we have to be the ones that decide that. God desires to be on the side of every person in this world. But this verse, and I want, to, I want you to just think about it. I want to drill it in your head, especially you religious people that are listening out there that have this idea that you cannot walk away from God. You can walk away from God. It's very easy to walk away from God. I don't know why you would want to walk away from God, but you can do it. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Simplicity of this scripture is um, is so amazing. Now tonight, uh, you have all heard the beautiful story of footprints in the sand, or most of you have. If you haven't heard the story, uh, a man had a dream one night, and he saw in his dream, he was looking back in the sand, and he saw two sets of footprints. He realized one set was God's and one was his, and they had been walking together and they saw the footprints in the sand. Then he looked and he saw only one foot set of footprints in the sand. And he, and it was during a time in his life where it was there was a lot of trouble. And he asked the Lord, he said, why did you leave me during that time? And the Lord said, I didn't leave you, I carried you during that time. Well, uh, that's a beautiful message, especially if you are going through something that is um, traumatic or loss of a loved one or things like that in our lives. Certainly there are times that the Lord carries us when we're so weak. We can't go by ourselves. I did a radio show many years ago. I called it Butt Prints in the Sand. And um, and and this is, I added to this story. Here again, tonight I'm going to do a whole new version about footprints in the sand. But Butt Prints in the Sand is that, you know, he saw two sets of prints, one set of prints, and then just a kind of a print of somebody's butt in the sand. And he asked the Lord, what's that all about? He said, well, I got tired of carrying you. It's time for you to walk by yourself because um, you need to start pulling your own weight now. And that's a whole different program. I'm not talking about that tonight. I, you know what? I know Sister Schuler would appreciate that, that kind of humor. I know she would. But tonight I want to talk about the fact that when you saw the one set of footprints in the sand, it was not necessarily God carrying you, but perhaps the sand that there was a why in the sand, and you walked away from God. See, what? here's the danger, you guys, is when we make decisions that go against God and we think that God is still with us when he's not, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. You know, when, when we, this person that wrote Footprints in the Sand, they said, how come there was only one set of prints? Lord, uh, why did you leave me? And the Lord would say, I didn't leave you. You left me. I wanted to lead you, but you went on without me. Your own direction. That's what this prophet was saying, Azariah. He said, if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Are you interested tonight? You know, this, this, um, here again, this, maybe some of you have already shut the program off because 
I know the people on Holy Ghost Radio will probably hang in there, but the people listening on the AM station in Dickinson, maybe maybe I just destroyed your story of the footprints in the sand and you're really mad about it. But I'm going to tell you this, that when you walk away from God, there is a, there is a uh, it's not that God enjoys this, it's not that God wants this, but when you walk away from God, you're not with him anymore. He's not walking with you anymore. And tonight in our program, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about Pastor Bob's version of Footprints in the Sand. That's the title of this broadcast. We're going to be, if you, right after this song, we're going to look at James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. James is going to bring this down for us. I'm glad you're listening tonight. Text me 701-290-7862. I got Jesus in my heart and salvation in my soul. It's a long road. Yes, it's a long road. Well, it might be a long road, but I'll make it to the city someday. Now, don't tell me no story about reincarnation. I've never seen a holy cow look anything like my Lord. There's just one rebirth and there ain't no imitation Yes, you can have it today It doesn't matter who you are You just got to get your feet on the rock Your name on the roll You get Jesus in your heart and salvation When your soul takes the long road Yes, you take the long road Well, it might be a long road, brother But you make it to the city someday Salt Lake City Yeah, they got a good choir But listen, brother, that is not the place The place of my salvation Is just outside Jerusalem Yes, and there's more than just a lake There's oceans of His saving grace I'm glad I got my feet on the rock Got my name on the roll I've got Jesus in my heart and salvation In my soul, it's a long road
Someday. Thanks for all the texting, people listening. We've got the Frost from St. Cloud, Soberg's from Harvey, the mayor of Leffer. It's good to have distinct um, people of high ranking listening tonight. Mayor of Leffer. Leffer's a town about, oh, it's about 30 miles to the southeast of Dickinson. We've got uh, the Schmitz from Bismarck listening, Brother Griffith from Great Falls, Montana, Yvonne from Bowman. Uh, we've got from north of Belfield, there's some stoners listening, some Abemus and some Lomans. So um, I don't know exactly. Hopefully the stoners don't get arrested up there. No, that's really their last name. They're <laughs> stoners. We've got, um, we're talking about Bob, Pastor Bob's version of Footprints in the Sand. When you see the one set of prints, it's not always that God was carrying you, but it could be that you left God, and those are your footprints. James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw an eye to God, he will draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. These verses um, go very much with my topic tonight. In fact, um, if it wasn't for verses like these, I couldn't do my topic tonight. But the Bible is full of this concept. There is a there is a um, um, there is a Bible truth that if you walk with God, He'll walk with you. If you quit walking with God, He won't be walking with you. He'll want to. He He'll wish He could. He'll be. Um, putting things in your life to help you to turn around, but you can be away from God. We're going to look over these verses. Is Hey, is Enrique listening to me? Enrique, are you listening? Text me if you're listening. 701-290-7862. Number one, James said, resist the devil. I uh, just want you to know that there is a spiritual world out there. This is not all about us. It's not all about our decisions mostly about our decisions, but there is a enemy out there that wants to destroy us. The, Jesus said that the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's why Satan, uh, that's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy us. He wants to kill us. He wants to hurt us. And he wants us to ultimately go to hell. And the Bible said we need to resist the devil. The realization of this is probably very key to our spiritual walk. The uh, when I When I was... 20 years old, I had an experience with the devil, and that experience with the devil that I had got me to seek after God. I began to realize that there was more to my drug addiction than just the narcotic itself, but there was more to it than that. And so I began to, I I began, it was a scary experience. I'm not going to talk about it right now on the radio. I'm not afraid to talk about it, but I had, I had um, uh, actually, one very 
scary experience in a spiritual way, and then the next time it happened to me, I knew what to do because God was helping me with that. But just remember this, resist the devil. The promise is if you resist the devil in Jesus' name, he will flee from you. If you don't resist the devil, he will not flee from you. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that tonight, but I want to get to my topic. It says, draw nigh to God. James chapter 4, 7 through 10, draw nigh to God. If we want, the Bible says the promise is if we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. That word nigh just simply means close. If you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. If you won't try to serve God, if you won't try to find God, if you won't try to seek after God, you'll never find him. That's the rules that God set this up with. You know, I've got people that um, over the years that are, are um, you know, I've had, I've had um, uh, friends of mine that will say, I had a particular friend one day say, why doesn't God show himself to me like he showed himself to you? And I told him, I said, Jerry, he's trying to. That's why I'm over at your house right now. Listen to what I'm saying. God's trying to reach you. He goes, no, I, I, I just don't believe in God. You see, you know, one of my favorite, you know, I don't mind bumper stickers. I kind of like them. I really do. I need to start sticking them all over everybody else's car in Dickinson. The uh, Maybe if you see bumper stickers on your car, it's because I'll be sticking them on there. But one of the bumper stickers I used to have on, I had it on a pickup and I had it on a car. And I should get another one and just stick it on every vehicle I've got. It was a simple little bumper sticker, and it simply said, Try God. That's all it said. And I really liked it. Because that's all I'm asking you to do tonight, is try him. Seek him. Say, God, Pastor Bob says you're real. Okay, I'm going to give it a shot. That's all I'm asking you to do. Because if you do that, Jesus said, if you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door shall be open to you. If you, he, he, he said that if, if you ask, it'll be given to you. You've got to try it. Draw nigh to God. The promise is he will draw nigh to you. If the opposite of this is don't draw nigh to God and he won't draw nigh to you. If you don't know God and you can't feel God and you don't know if there's a God, I'll promise you this is because you've not been seeking him. Because I, I was in that same boat when I was 20 years old. I gave God a try. I thought, what could it hurt? I've tried everything else, tried all the drugs that my friends were pointing me to. And one of my friends said, why don't you try God? And I thought, all right, I'll try it. That was 40 years ago, and I like it. <laughs> I really do. So draw an eye to God. How do we draw an eye to God? We pray. We, we read our Bible. You know, you're not going to, you know, when, when if this scripture that talks about submitting our lives to God, how can you submit to God when you don't have a Bible, when you don't know what the Bible says? Submit to God, just this God in your imagination that's telling you to do something? That's why a lot of people say things about God, but they won't read their Bibles. That doesn't help you at all. You've got to, to know what, you know, how can you please God if you don't know what pleases him? You know how, like like uh, Sierra, are you a good cook? You, you all right? Okay, she doesn't know. Steven, she's a good cook. Okay, her brother's in the studio here. Uh, Sierra's a good cook. All right, so how in the world could you cook me anything that I would like if you don't know what I like? You know, we already know Stephen doesn't like broccoli. Well, he's crazy. You know, no wonder he's anemic or whatever's wrong with you. You know, the uh, you know broccoli's good for your IQ, Stephen. You know, and so are, what's the other thing you don't like? 
Oh, he doesn't like rice. And there was a, what's the cauliflower? He doesn't like cauliflower either. But you see, so Sierra might make broccoli, but you hate it. You see, and what I'm saying is, is how do we find out what God likes for supper unless we read his book? You know, I mean, I bet God likes broccoli. He made it. But, but anyway, the, um, so draw nigh to God. You, if you don't draw nigh to God, you won't, he won't draw nigh to you. Like it or lump it, it doesn't make any difference. That's the way it is. You know, um, uh, you know, I have many people that I know in my life, including family, that, that, um, that don't really give a rip about finding God. And they really don't understand what I'm doing. But you never will understand unless you give it a try. You've got to try it. You, you've got to seek him. You, you know, and here again, why, why is it? One-armed Dave was listening to me tonight from Fargo. Why is it, Dave, that people have to wait until they have, they're at the very bottom of the, the, their, the, their existence to seek after God? Well, I'll tell you why. Because they have nothing to lose to try God at that point. And so that's what happens to many people. So tonight in our, our, uh, the reality is when you look back in your life and only see one set of footprints, it isn't that God's carrying you most of the time. It's because you left God and you're walking all by yourself. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? And so that's a really encouraging scripture and it's one that I love. It encourages me. But that scripture is only good is if the first part's good. The scripture starts with the word if, if God be for us, who can be against us? If God be not for you, everybody could be against you. See, the if is what the program's on tonight. We have got to walk with God. Yes, there will be hard times. Yes, there will be tough times. There will be times when it seems like God is gone. And he is carrying us. I believe in all that. But this religious world has twisted the idea of God to where you, you'll you turn away from God for 20 years living in sin. You know, I, I, I spoke about this at the county jail today, too. And there was a man that came up to me that told me, I've loved God since I've been nine years old. Maybe he's listening tonight. I'm not going to say his name. But he said, I love God since I'm nine years old, but I'm in prison and I'm facing some serious charges. And the longer I talked to him, I said, what I preach today is exactly the opposite of what you're telling me. And he realized that when I told him that. He said, you're right. I said, you haven't been seeking after God. You've walked away from God, and that's why you're in prison. You see, but he was trying to tell me, no, I love God, and I'm not in prison for any bad reason. Well, you know, this this um, I'm trying to wake somebody up here tonight and tell you that if God is not in your life, it's, there's a very good chance that you've walked away from him. James goes on to say in James chapter 4, he says in, um, in verse 8, he says this, Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. I'm going to probably spend the rest of the program talking about these two verses. Or this verse, I should say, these two concepts. Cleanse your hands, purify your hearts. This um, 
Cleansing your hands has to do with our actions. It has to do with cleaning up our actions. And let me just tell you this as a Christian, we cannot get around this. You can't get around cleaning up your act. Because we're living in a a human body, a sinful human body, and there is going to have to be some self-discipline involved in this walk. Now, if you think that's all I'm talking about tonight, you got to stay to this second part, purify your hearts, that I'll get to. But there is a cleanse your hands, no matter who you are, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you fast, uh, you are going to have to, you're going to have to practice some discipline in your life to serve Jesus. The very root word of disciple has a lot to do with discipline. I mean, it's kind of the same word, isn't it? Discipline, disciple. You know, you're not going to be much of a disciple if you don't have any discipline. And discipline means sometimes doing things we don't want to do or not doing things that we want to do. You know, this the, the there there is this is the practical application at times when we don't feel spiritual, but we're, you know, okay, let, let me just give you an example. Pastor Bob, I've been serving the Lord for 40 years. Um, I like to pray. I like to go to church. I like my Bible. Um, I try to be good to people. I try to be honest. But I'm not always spiritual. You know, sometimes I'm at work. You know, I'm, I'm a carpenter by trade, and I'm at work. And I'll be out working, and I'll be thinking about pounding this nail. And all of a sudden, the hammer's thinking about pounding my thumb. And the hammer's thinking does better than my thinking. So I pound my thumb, and maybe I'm right then not spiritual. Maybe I'm not, you know, I'm not swearing. Well, why aren't you swearing, Pastor Bob? Because I have a rule in my life that I'm not going to swear. That's discipline. Because when you hit your finger with, or you hit your thumb with a hammer, if you don't have that rule, you will swear, probably. See, like, like for instance, has Pastor Bob ever been depressed or discouraged? Of course. I, sure, I've gone through th- things like that. So has everyone. But Pastor Bob has a rule in his life that he's not going to drink. So even if I felt like drinking, I wouldn't drink. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I don't feel like drinking. I don't battle drinking. I quit drinking and drugs 40 years ago. Wow. That's a long time. But discipline still has a part in this thing because we are not always on top of our game. You say, well, we should be. Yeah, we should be. In a perfect world, we would be. But when we're not, when we're human, when we're just waking up in the morning, uh, when our wife is mean to us, my wife, I don't know what that's like, but when our wife is mean to us or when your husband is mean to you, and I'm not talking about physical abuse, whatever, that doesn't give us a right to act unchristian. I believe that temptation is God's way. It's a tool that God uses to help us realize that we're still human. Temptation perhaps could be our calling from God that you need to seek me. Temptation is, uh, you know, like, like temptation brings us to this point, God I need you every hour. You know, temptation, um, there is, there is, temptation is not there to destroy you. 
But temptation, I believe, is to help us to find our way to God and ask for help. Temptation to sin keeps us humble. It reminds us of our humanity. So, so cleanse your hands, ye sinners, is part of walking with God. If you try to tell me, well, as a Christian, I don't have to do that. Well, I'm going to tell you, as a Christian, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. You are, because you've got to have a set of rules that you run your life by. But that's not all there is to it. I'm all worked up, and I hear my guitar ringing here. My, my guitars call me, Pastor Bob, sing a song. Sing a song. Do you hear that? All right, Abe, play a song. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Whosoever believeth on him, the scripture says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Whosoever believeth on him, for the scripture saith, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.
That is an old Lance Appleton song, and um, this is Pastor Bob, the New Life Pentecostal Church. I want to just greet some of the other ones that are just texted. We've got Jasmine from Bismarck, Sky from Minot, and um, and there's a bunch of other of you listening here tonight and commenting and making comments and stuff. Connor says, "Sing us a song, okay? Doesn't, you don't have to ask me twice." The um, uh, thank you so much all for listening. We still have a little bit in the program. This program, I'm just—I know I'm repeating this a lot, but I, if you're tuning in late, it's called Pastor Bob's version of Footprints in the Sand. Many times when you see the single foot set of footprints, it's because you have left God, and you're walking by yourself. He's—he's he's back where you left him, and he's wanting you to come back there so he can start walking together with you. You took a different path. You went the wrong way. Usually, it's sin that does that, and that's what James is talking about in James, chapter four. Verses 7 through 10. And Second Chronicles 15, 2, where Azariah the prophet said to Asa, The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. If you quit looking for God, you're going to be out there by yourself someday. You're going to be lost in the woods. You better hold on tight to God's hands. Because it is easy, and especially in this world, it is easy to veer off the path. It, it really is. I believe that that God's hand um, is outreach to us, but he expects us to reach up and grab it. So we just finished with cleanse your hands, you sinners. And then James goes on to say, purify your hearts, you double-minded. That word purify your hearts, uh, another way to understand this, and maybe easier way to understand it, is to focus our hearts. The reason that we are constantly washing our hands of sin is that we won't focus our hearts on God. I should just about just about copyright that. Let me say it again. <laughs> the reason that we are constantly washing our hands in sin from sin is that we won't focus our hearts on God. And that's why James calls these people double-minded. Uh, lots of double-minded people. Um, I've watched it as a Pentecostal pastor. I've watched people be moved in a sermon, moved by the presence of God in our church services, we feel the presence of God. When you come to a Pentecostal church, you 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 feel something. It's different. It's not just coming to hear a sermon or a nice song uh, or just being around a bunch of nice people, and we have all those things. But it's you, you, there's an experience there. And many people walk into that building, they feel something. And they make decisions in their minds that I'm going to do something. But sometimes they won't follow through, and it's because they won't focus their mind on God. They get sidetracked. That's what it means to purify your hearts. Get your eyes and your mind off of everything else and just be single in purpose. When Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, that pure in heart means single in purpose. Okay, that We think of pure in heart like, Oh, I've got to be clean thinking. That's true, but what it really means is that my focus, I'm not getting sidetracked with a bunch of junk. My focus is God. Uh, Double-mindedness is the result of, of, of just cleansing. It's not just the result of cleansing the hands, but we've got to purify the heart. 
You can't have one eye towards God and one eye towards this world. You can't have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. You've got to have your mind focused on God. And I'm going to spend this next 15 minutes just hammering this point in. Because we are living in a world full of distractions. Uh, it, it's full of distractions. We're living in a world that, that um, it is so easy, more than ever before, is it easy to be distracted. You know, this. this um, uh, we have, everywhere you look, you have all kinds of things, all kinds of distractions. Uh, Pastor Bob doesn't have a TV, and I don't do Hollywood movies or anything, but I'm going to just tell you this. Growing up in my home, our family had a TV. There were two channels on that TV, and everything on those channels pretty much was boring. Or not everything, but most everything. We didn't want to play hooky from school and pretend we were sick so we could stay home and watch television back then because there was nothing good on television. Like when I was a kid, if I was sick and I had to stay home from school, which I did a few times, my mom worked, my dad worked, my sister was in school, I'd be all alone and all that was on TV was stupid soap operas and I wasn't into them. See, this, this, uh, what I'm talking about here is, is that we are living in a world that's got 702 channels instead of two channels. You can be distracted away from God. There are so many things. Like, like Pastor Bob, I'm going to tell you this. I pray every day for the same group of people. And then I pray for other things. And this group of people is very large. Today, I haven't prayed yet for those people. I still will. I, I've got till midnight. That's I mean, this sounds dumb to you maybe. I will. But today, my day, most of my day, is not, it's just been distracted. You know, I had church and I was doing good things. But you see, what I'm saying is, this is the way this life in America is. There are people, there are hobbies, there are, even, like I say, I, what a blessing it was to me not to have a TV. We made that decision about 40 years ago, too. When I first came to God, I got mad at what was on TV, and I got rid of it, and um, I don't know when I would find time to watch TV if I had a TV. I don't know when I'd find time to do it. I know this, I'd probably never pray if I had a TV. You see, and that is the opposite of purifying your hearts. You know, a wise man said this one time, and I was there when he said it. His name was Bud Perry. He's passed away now. Very good man. He was a teacher, a Bible teacher in our Bismarck church. And Bud Perry said this. He said, you cannot drive the devil out of your life. He said, but you have to crowd him out of your life. And I've never forgot that. You have to crowd the devil out sin and the world out of your life because you can't drive him out uh, for instance uh, pornography to try not to think of pornography that you might have accidentally seen or on purpose seen is impossible so what do you do how do you try not to think of something anyway what you do is you put other things in there to think about that are good see that's so quit looking quit um, quit uh, focusing. Get get your eyes looking together on what's right, and you're going to be successful. That's what it means to purify your hearts. Focus your hearts. Is God your one thing? Is Jesus your one thing? 
don't be daydreaming about your life before you came to God. Now, this is just specifically for you that have already made a start with God. Uh, and maybe, you know, uh, Dave is listening. Dave in Fargo, he uh, he and I are, have a friendship that we made in the jail. And uh, uh, we um, we he's getting people to listen to this broadcast, uh, and I appreciate that. And But Dave knows what I'm talking about. To have a walk with God... And then to start focusing on our life before we had the walk with God. You know, daydreaming, the children of Israel were, Jesus or God delivered them out of Egypt. And they started complaining and wished they were back in Egypt. That angered God. Why? Because they were double minded. Part of them were glad to be out of Egypt and out of bondage. The other part of them missed parts of Egypt. And God was angry, and he you can read it. I'm not making this up. I don't care if you like it or not. God was angry, and the Bible said God was jealous. Because, in fact, James, if we back up in James chapter 4, for my text in verse 4, he said this, You adulterers and adulteresses, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God, whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. You can't have both. When you give your life to God, it's just like being married. You make a promise and you stay faithful and true. The reason I believe, let me just tell you this, the reason I believe God is against addictive substances is because addictive substances take the place of God in our life. God wants us to be addicted to Him. And when you get addicted to alcohol, you know what? You people that think I'm crazy saying Christians shouldn't drink, do you know I just read this, and I don't know how close this is to true, but I think it's pretty close. 22% of people that start drinking become alcoholics. That's one out of five. Now this is a... A statistic, this is not a United States statistic, this was a world uh, statistic I read, I believe it was, I don't know if it was just Western countries, I don't know. But 22%, Stephen, do you drink? You know, he doesn't drink. Stephen, if you take a drink, you start drinking, there's a one out of five chance you could be an alcoholic. So when Pastor Bob says Christians shouldn't drink, don't you think that makes sense? But a person that becomes addicted to alcohol can no longer focus on God because they're focused on something else. And James said, that's just like committing adultery against God. Luke 9.62, Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So what Jesus was saying is once you start with God, you need to keep looking the direction you were looking. Don't look back. That was the message in Genesis nineteen seventeen. The angels rescued Lot, his wife, his two daughters. They said, do not look back. Don't turn around. Don't look back. Jesus said, when he was retelling part of that story, he said, remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife looked back. She wasn't pure in heart. Purify your hearts does not necessarily mean perfection. It means singleness. 
when the when the refiner purifies the gold, he heats up that gold. Gold is very heavy. And when he heats up that gold and it becomes molten, all the impurities, because they're lighter than the gold, come to the top. And the refiner gently scrapes those impurities off. And he keeps doing it and doing it and doing it until he gets the purity of gold that he desires. And this is exactly what it means to purify your heart. This is so interesting to me because some people think we pray these prayers, God, purify my heart, when the Lord is telling us to purify our own heart. You see, get your mind on God, single purpose on God. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Um, Hey, Brother Von Pearson, he just texted me, listening tonight. Brother Griffith, preacher from said that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. Very good. You know, this, um, and I do appreciate everybody that's listening tonight to this Tell It Like It Is radio show, especially the mayor of Leffer. Wow, that's like President Trump listening. The mayor of Leffer is listening tonight. He texts me every once in a while. The, um, You know, we're talking about Pastor Bob's version of footprints in the sand, and it's not but prints in the sand. That was a program I did quite a while back. But footprints in the sand, my version is many times when we see the one set of prints, it's because we forsook the Lord. It wasn't that he forsook us. Well, let's see. We got Abe going to give you out some good ideas on how to get a hold of different people. Um, just a shout out and thank you so much to everyone that's listening tonight to the radio show i got my guitar i might sing a song connor said i have to so we'll see what happens well this is a tell it like it is radio broadcast we're coming to you live from dickinson north dakota we're from the new life pentecostal church if you'd like to visit us you can do that on sunday mornings our sunday school service is at 10 o'clock a.m that's for the adults um you know there's an open discussion bible study for adults and also there's Sunday school for the kids at 10 o'clock a.m. and at 11 o'clock a.m. is our worship service and we'd love to have you join us for that. That's every Sunday morning. Um, the address is 501 Elks Drive in Dickinson, North Dakota. Um, also on Wednesday night, our next service will be Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. That's the New Life Pentecostal Church. Um, if you're from the Beulah area, and you would like to visit an apostolic church, there's a church called the Truth Community Church. The address to that church is 223rd Street Northwest, and you can visit them Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. That's the Truth Community Church in Beulah, North Dakota. Um, Also, um, in Beach, North Dakota, we have midweek service on Tuesday night. At the Beach Community Center at 7.30 p.m. That's at the Beach Community Center every Tuesday night in Beach. And um, Brother Joe Hostetler is the pastor there, and they'd love to have you join him for that. Um, Also, in Bowman, there's a man called Brother Seth Springer, and he's the pastor of the Cornerstone Apostolic Church. And the address to that church is 18 North Main. And um, they would love to have you join them for their service there. And their service is every Thursday night. They just have one midweek service every Thursday night 
um, at 7.30 p.m. Um, if you would like to have a Bible study or you would like to get more information um, about our church or any of these churches that I mentioned in the Times or, or you just like to text Pastor Bob Simons, you can do that. His cell phone number is 701-290-7862 or you can email him. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening tonight. Don't you love the book of James? We didn't finish this yet because in the fifth thing that James said in chapter 4 was to humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. You know, I believe that there's only one reason. This is what I believe, but there's only one reason for hell. That's it. I don't think it's human frailty. Um, I'm not giving us an excuse to sin, but I do know I've been a human for about 60 years now, so I've got a little experience on this. And um, human, there is frailty in humans. But there's something that God cannot tolerate, and it's called pride. Proverbs 6, 17 said there's seven things that the Lord hates. They're an abomination to him. That means he gets sick. And the top of the list was a proud look. There is a promise to you if you hum, in James chapter 4, if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, that he will lift you up. And so you've got to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Tonight my broadcast was intended to, um, to, to stir you up. It was intended to uh, make you, um, you know, I, I intended to use the story of the footprints in the sand and make a twist to it. Certainly the author, I'm sure, never meant it to be that way. Uh, but I do know that many religious people think Jesus is walking with them when he is not. They left him. They wouldn't follow him. Maybe they wouldn't follow him down the road of the Acts 2.38 message of repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name, receiving the Holy Ghost. Maybe they wouldn't follow him down the road of holiness. You know, maybe um, just maybe it's just a little thing that caused you to veer off the path with your maker. But in Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, tonight as we close this broadcast, uh, simply, Amos 3 and 3 simply says this, Can two walk together except they be agreed? And the answer is not told there, but the answer is not for very long. What the Lord is saying is, if you're going to walk with me, you're going to have to come to an agreement with me. And if you won't agree with me, I won't walk with you very long. That's the way it is. That's the Bible. If we want God to be with us, we've got to be with him. We've got, you know, um, you know, this is, um, I think it was Abraham Lincoln during world the Civil War, he was asked, Mr. Lincoln, do you think God is on the side of the north? And he said, well, I hope the north is on the side of God, is what he said. Do you see the difference? It sounds the same. But but I'm telling you this, that, that if you walk with God and you come to an agreement with God and you continue to walk with God, he's on your side. But he's not on your side just because your name is... Donald Trump, or he's not on your side because your name is Bob Simons. 
He's only on your side if you continue to walk with him. Boy, what a simple message, and I've just hammered it in. Now here's a, I'm going to close this broadcast with a song I wrote years ago. This is scary. This is live radio, and I haven't sang this song for years, so what happens if I forget the words? Then I'll have to start singing Footprints in the Sand like I was doing earlier, right? But uh, this song is simply titled Amos 3-3. I wrote it probably 10 years ago, and I don't know when the last time I sang it was. If you're going to call him Lord, he's got the right to say no to the things you want to do and the places you go. The Lord don't want to play games with your Christianity. He won't walk with you long unless with him you'll agree. Can two walk together lest they be agreed? How long can one the Holy Spirit grieve? So choose you this day whom you will serve the Lord or this world the decision must be yours I will walk within my house with a perfect heart I will set no wicked thing before my eyes like a TV set He's calling us to holiness on the inside and the out. He's more concerned about the way we live than how we dance and shout. Can two walk together lest they be agreed? How long can one the Holy Spirit grieve? So choose you this day whom you will serve. Lord, or this world, the decision must be yours. It's time to take a stand in the power of His might. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but it's the darkness we fight. So set your face like a flint, get your feet on that rock. For there's power in the blood. And in the name of our God, Jesus is the name of our God. Can two walk together, lest they be agreed? And how long can one, the Holy Spirit, grieve? So choose you this day, whom you will serve, the Lord or this world. The decision must be yours. Choose the Lord, choose the Lord. Hmm. Never did make it big time with that song. How about this part? Jesus be the Lord of me. Jesus be the Lord. Lord of me, Jesus with you, I will agree, 
Jesus be the Lord of me. And Lord Jesus, tonight, as we close this broadcast, God, I ask you to help us recognize that it is possible that we can walk away from you. And if those that are listening tonight have done that very thing, I pray that this program has has awoken them to that fact and that they'll make their way back to where they left you. Because I know you're waiting for them, and I know that you love them, and I know that you desire to walk with them again. We just pray in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening. Lord willing, next Sunday night we'll be back for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. God bless you. You are my joy in the midnight. You speak the word. I feel a call. I know in you I can be strong. You are my Lord.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.